And welcome back to Sports the Nemo Way, the Carl Malone edition, the mailman. The 6'9", 250-pound power forward is a zero-time champ, two-time MVP. He's a 14-time All-Star, 14-time All-NBA, playing 19 years in the league after being the 13th overall pick, and he is a Hall of Famer with career averages of 25 10 and 3 on 51% shooting. And we will now kick to Wade, who has him ranked the highest of anyone at number 10 overall and number 2 on his power forward list. Wade? All right. Well, I think with Carmelone, when you first think old Carl, I mean, you're really just looking at one of the, if not the biggest stat monster we have. We're, it's just, it's unreal what he accomplished and how good he was. Um, he averaged between 20 and 30 points a game for 17 years straight. That is unreal. I even read that even with the Lakers his last year, um, they said that, you know, if he wasn't playing on a team with four Hall of Famers and, and he didn't get injured, he probably at that point could probably still get close to averaging 20 points a game if he wanted to. Um, just... An absolute monster, um, and that's usually what everybody thinks about. But there was a lot more to his game than that. Um, he is four-time All-Defensive Team. Um, he was a brick shit house. You couldn't really move Carmelone very easily. Um, he was a tenacious rebounder, um, averaging ten a game for his for his career, and it's a very very long career. So he even had you know most guys that play that long drags their averages down. He's still at double digits. Um, was a pretty good passer for a big guy out of the post. Um, wasn't always a great shot blocker. Um, due to, you know, he was a big man. He was only 6'9", but didn't necessarily have a huge wingspan. But was an okay shot blocker, but he kind of made up for it. Uh, he was one of the best ever at stealing the ball at the power forward position. And um, I believe he is the power forward position's all-time leader at steals, I believe. Um... Like I stated in another episode, I, I mixed it up. Um, I said he was the all-time assist leader at Power Forward. I believe that was actually KG. And I believe Carmelone is second or third, one of the two. Um, and he's the all-time leader at points and steals at the Power Forward position. Um, and just really just an absolute monster. Didn't really have a weakness in his game. One of the greatest scorers we've ever seen. Great defender in his prime. Above average passer as a forward. Great rebounder. Um... And just a just a beast in the paint and a nice great little mid range jumper. Um and him and Stockton were probably the greatest well, they were the greatest duo ever at the pick and roll slash pick and pop. Um I don't really think that's even debatable, probably. Um but yeah, I'll I'll start with that. All right. Well that will kick to me, who has him ranked twelfth overall and number three on his power forward list. And uh, Wade pretty much said it there. This is the stat monster. Um, Carl Malone's one of those guys I can struggle with. Um, because statistically, he's a monster. Um, he has quite a few accolades. You know, two MVPs. Um, this is another guy where it's pretty debatable whether he, de- whether he deserved either one of them. But... 
Um, he does have two MVPs. He's got 14 All-NBAs. Um, you know, that stuff's all all great. Um, but he has no titles. Um, that's, the, that's the knock on old Carl. Um, and we, for whatever reason, I think I said this in another episode, we don't seem to hold the lack of titles as much against Carl as we do against Barkley and Ewing. I'm not 100% sure why we do that. I'm including myself in that. Um, so I'd like to dive into that a little bit later, but, um, statistically he holds up pretty much with everybody. He's not the rebounder. Some of the other power forwards we have are, you know, he's not the guy that's going to get you 12, 15 rebounds for a season very often. You know, he had one season of 12 in his career. Um, then he stuck around 11 and 10 and then dropped down to nine and then to eight, you know, towards the end there. Um, but he could, he was a scorer. You know, score extraordinaire. You know, 25 points a game for his career, and, and you know, playing in a in a great era with other great power forwards and big men. You know, it's just a it's an impressive thing. Also, you know, 51% from the field. He did it pretty efficiently. Um, with, like Wade said, you know, doing a lot of it, not all that damage with his jump shot. And unlike a lot of big men, he doesn't shoot terrible from the free throw line. 74% which is, you know, pretty solid. Not fantastic, but solid. And, you know, at the beginning of his career, he was a pretty terrible defender, and he worked on it and got better at it and improved his uh, defense under, you know, Sloan's tutelage. And, uh, yeah, that's my opening statement for old Carl Malone, which will now lead us to Uncle Doug, who has him at 14 overall, two spots behind me, but back up to number two on the power forward list. Yeah, uh, you guys have said most of the stuff about Carl. Uh, he is second all-time on the points list with almost 37,000 points. His 25-point game average is 11th all-time. Uh, he is seventh on the rebound list with almost 15,000 rebounds, 14,968. Uh, his average of 10-1 is only 58th, though. Um, assists, he is on the list. He's 60th, but no big deal. But the thing that, like Wade mentioned about steals, I didn't realize, Malone is actually 13th on the all-time steals list. Um, I believe he is the highest power forward. Um, and he's also 72nd on the block list, even though it wasn't great at that. Um, no championships really does hurt Carl. Um, and we can go into the MVPs later, too, because I like Alex. You wonder about some of those. Um, I think, really, Carl's biggest problem resided in Chicago and was named MJ. That's a lot uh, of people's problems. <laughs> yeah. You know, he played at the wrong time, or at least the wrong guy. Um, but he and Stockton were amazing to watch. That's I'll do it for my opening statement. All right. Well, before I kick it to the next guy, I will say Drew and I are just looking at it. LeBron is 300 and change points away from Carl Malone, oh, so he will only be second for a short amount of time. Boo. All right. Well, now that will kick it to Drew, who has him 17 overall and back now to third on the power forward list. Drew? Um, Kind of what my dad said at the end, he was running the MJ with his when he made the finals twice. But not just running the MJ, but he had to worry about Elijah Juan for years. He had to worry about Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. Um, 
know, Clyde Drexler before he went to Houston with Elijah Wan. So he had more than just Michael to worry about in the Eastern Conference. He had to worry about all those guys, too. Shaq and Kobe in their later days, so they could never get back to the finals after that. So uh, there's that. Um, he does have two MVPs, which is nice. But um, with the big guy, dominant league, Carmelo being able to get uh, 10 rebounds a game, I think it's pretty impressive with all the big guys floating around because about every time he's going to play a game, there's going to be a big dominant center. The possessions are lower in that rate. I think we've talked about that before. There's not as many. So, he's going to be able to average a double-double when he played um, 19 seasons in the league. I think it's pretty impressive because when we see that last year, some of it drop off and it affects it tremendously. So, I think that's pretty impressive. All right. And that will now kick us to Ray, who <coughs> hasn't ranked the lowest of any way, anybody. All the way down at 19. <laughs> um, and he is fourth over or fourth on his power forward list. Ray? Uh, just started off. Um, the 19 ranking will change. He's not staying there. Um, well, would you want to tell us which direction you're talking about? No. Why would I spoil the final episode of this, <laughs> the basketball part of the podcast? Uh, okay, just Takes away the, su- the suspense. But uh, besides that, we've talked about Pippin's famous quote before, and I'm pretty sure the Pippin episode. I'll go ahead and bring that up again. I guess the mailman doesn't deliver on Sunday. Um, other than that, um, Carl Malone also wrestled in the <laughs> WCW, which I think I also <laughs> brought up in the Rodman episode, where him and Rodman wrestled a couple different matches against each other. Um Besides that, I um, think I'm going to do the question thing again. Um, let's see. We all know Carl is a phenomenal player, and we all have him within the top 20. Is the reason he's up so far everyone's list because of how good he was and the competition he went against. Also, if he would have snuck in at least one title... How much farther up the list would he go? If Malone had one title, just one title, he just one, he'd move up. He'd move up. <coughs> probably he'd move up one spot on my power forward list. I think he'd probably stay exactly where he's at on my list. He, he wouldn't change on my power forward list. Maybe on the overall list, he is the highest ranked person I have with no titles. Same here. Me too. So I think he stayed the same way. way I have. Yeah, I mean, I can't move him ahead of Duncan because Duncan has five of them. No, no, you know I what I'm saying? Like, I still so that one title doesn't pu- push him ahead of Duncan. But I would, I would pop him over KG if he had a title because I have KG at two. Not my overall yeah. list. Everyone ahead of him has multiple titles. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about this question? And this just come off the top of my head. Uh, we got Bill Russell. We got Chamberlain. We got Jabbar. And we got Elijah on, and then we have Carl Malone. Um, amongst those four, where's Carl Malone rate against those guys? Can you name them again? I'm sorry. Uh, Russell, Chamberlain, Jabbar, and Elijah on. Russell. Russell. Uh, overall, I have him behind all four of them. Yeah, I have him behind Jabbar and Elijah on, ahead of Russell. Who was the other one? I'm sorry. Uh. Chamberlain. Chamberlain. I have him and Chamberlain side by side at 10 and 11. 
Is I, that, now, is that because of the title situation, or is that just because y'all think they're more talented than Carmelo? Um, well, I mean, I think Jabbar is the second greatest player ever. Okay. So, I think, and then I think Olajuwon was just a more complete player than than Malone. Malone might have a slight, slight, slight advantage on offense, but then Olajuwon kills him on defense. Well, here's my here's my thing about Olajuwon. They're contemporaries, and when Mike left, Olajuwon said, Carl, you're a bitch. Get out of my way. Okay. And won two titles, and one of which pre-Drexler. So, I mean, like – and he would destroy the Admiral and Ewing and Malone on his way there. So it's like, you know, you had your shot. You failed, you know, kind of thing. Um, and um, I obviously have Jabbar ranked well ahead of him as well. Sorry, Drew. Um, I have Russell ahead of him. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, I have Wilt behind him. Okay. Um, but... I could uh I could probably be talked out of it. Um I have Carmelo and Head of Russell and the other ones are ahead of him. So well, for me, the way I see it is that they're all teetering on the same kind of talent level. The only thing Carmelo didn't get was titles. Now, they're all up there in points. They're all up there in blocks. I feel if Carl Malone would at least got one title, we might be talking just a little bit different amongst those five guys. Well, here, I guess I look at the guys that... I look at... Okay, what year is it? 94? Is that the, is that the first year Mike's gone? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 94, that 94 season tells us a lot about the hierarchy of players after Mike. Um, and I feel like it, it that, that lone season is a huge black mark on Barkley, Malone. Sure. Um, not as much on Robinson, but the way Robinson went out to Olajuwon was was bad. Um, and the way Olajuwon just absolutely dismantled Ewing, I think was, uh, was, a, again, kind of falls in the Robinson thing. I think the 94 season kind of filled out the hierarchy for the nineties after Jordan for us. And another question, uh, right? Like kind of, if you're going to say Malone gets a title, what year are you going to take, are you going to have him beat Michael? Or are you going to have him beat Elijah, one of them, and then beat Ewing? Because like, I think that kind of depends I mean, to effect. Because if, say, he beats Michael one year, Elijah one still has two to one on him. Say he beats Elijah one one year, and they both get one. So I say, um, To me, it doesn't matter because I've got Michael and Elijah one in the top eight. So either way, him getting a title, it doesn't really matter All because right. it's both tough, tough competition. All right. But, I mean, if he just gets that one – to me, I feel like we're having a whole different discussion with the centers list and Carl Malone. Power forward list. Well, I mean, I'm comparing oh. Carl with the, the centers. Okay, at gotcha, the top gotcha. Spot. But if to me, if he got that title, I think. Well, I think me it, myself, I'm I'm having a different discussion. Well, I think, <coughs> I think, a a title obviously does him good, but I think we've all kind of agreed that. 
we gave him cr- quite a bit of credit for somebody that doesn't have a title. Probably the most credit we've given anybody that doesn't have a title. I, I mean, for, for at least some of us. I think for all of us, it's well. I think most of us have him the highest with no title. Yeah, so I mean, he is for me. I think we all have him in the top 20, if not top 15, that title. Well, the four of us have him in the top 15. Ray has him outside the top 15, but he has him in the top 20. So, I mean, I guess what I'm saying, Ray, is I don't feel like I discredited him not having a title very hard. I don't think I held it against him that much. That was part of what I asked earlier, is why are we holding Barkley and Ewing to a different standard than we do Malone? Um, so, because those guys don't have titles, and that's pretty much, you know, a huge thing for them. And, we, you know, at least the four of us have him, you know, higher than all those guys, and, you know, he doesn't have a title either. Okay, well, let me let me spin it back this way. Uh, Carl Malone, mm-hmm. uh, Barkley, mm-hmm. Robinson, Mm-hmm. Who's got the better skill set? Hmm. Well, to be honest with you, um, not to try and sound like Wade here, but I think Barkley does more on a basketball floor than the other guys, just because of his versatility, mm-hmm. um, the way he handled the ball, the way he um, ran the floor, the way he, you know, was able to move his feet. Un- not that the other guys weren't athletic, but Barkley was. Special, special athletic. Um, And he was able... It's not like his quickness and his athleticism and his height hurt him on the boards. He he out-rebounded these guys for most of his career. He had more... He did out-rebound Carl Malone for almost their entire career. He um, out-rebounded Robinson for a lot of his career. Um, So, I mean, I'd say Barkley has the bigger skill set. Okay. What do you guys think? Who's, who's got the better skill set at uh, Carmelo, Barkley, and Robinson? Oh, that's a toughie. Um, well, like Alex said, Charles is the most versatile. Carl was very good at what he did. Uh, he had a nice jump shot. He ran the pick and roll great with Stockton. Um, Robinson was a totally different kind of player. Um, those three are really different. And going back to your title thing, I forget what it was Alex Drew, whichever one said, which title he gets. If he had beat Mike one year, that changes everything. I think Carl Malone goes up my list. If he'd have won one of the other two, maybe. Um, I don't know. Maybe I've got a large one ahead of him. If they split titles, I, I still think I'd have a large one ahead of him. I think he just did more on a basketball floor. Yeah, but if he beat MJ, one of those titles, that would have been something because nobody did. Right. Yeah. So that changes everything. You go from something no one did to someone finally broke the mold and beat Michael. That is true. I mean, I didn't think of it that way. So let me ask you guys this. What is a bigger disappointment to you, or a bigger letdown, however you want to put it? The Jazz not seizing 94, or the Jazz not seizing 99? Because in 99, you're coming off back-to-back title runs, and then MJ retires and Scotty leaves. So everything's wide open, and then you let the upcoming Spurs come in and win a championship. Oh, yeah. Well, that team I forgot to mention earlier that stops them from going back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 99 I don't view as too big a 
failure. They're all Stockton and Malone are getting pretty old at that point. They just went to back to back finals. That's a humongous wear and tear on your body. You see stuff like that happen all the time. Team have some success for a couple of years. They come up and they come up a little short because they just wear down. And they were getting older at that point. Let's see. Yeah, he's 35 and 99. And Stockton's, what, a year older than him? Yeah, a year older. I go so 36. So I don't. And then I, I don't know. We're comparing players to with just team success. I, it's, it gets tricky. I don't. Because a player can go out there and dominate and then they lose. And then you say, oh, well, they lost to this player. It's not, I don't know. So you can just say it's, that with Michael to Larry when he was, what, his rookie or second year league? When, it just gets tricky. When that one series he averaged like 43 against the Celtics, like his first or second year in the play, was it like 86? Was it? Yeah, I think it was 86. Because he averaged like something crazy. Well, he, he scored, he scored he 63 the, in one of the games. Yeah, he right, set the yeah. playoff record for points scored in a game. That's still yeah. held today against those and Celtics teams. But then they get swept. So yeah, they got the Celtics swept. had Bird and Parrish and McHale and they were Bill Walton. The one year he was actually yeah, healthy. DJ. That, I mean, that was that was the best Celtics team of that era. Yeah. Eighty six. They were you know yeah. four you know like four Hall of Famers on one team. Five if you count Walton. I guess. Wait, I miscounted that. Yeah, five if you count Walton on one team. Yeah. I mean, so it's I don't know. Like I was trying to get a general idea of what Malone was doing some of those years, so I looked up his playoff series. 94 in the first round, he averages 29 points, 12 boards, 2 assists. Second round, he does 26 points, 12 boards, 3 assists. And then and when he loses to Houston to Olajuwon, he averages 26 points, 12.5 boards, and 5 assists. So, What about 94 is that you're talking about? Yeah. So, I mean, it, I don't know. He's dominating. His team's losing. I don't. I don't well, know. It I think the tricky. big I think the big difference in the uh Houston series is he shoots forty three percent. Yeah, but that's that's pretty really pretty common. Michael Jordan his last like two championships he shot like forty two percent. But you don't talk about it because he won. I that's mean Elijah Wan gets credited for dominating Shaq, but if you look at their stats, it's not really what happened and Shaq outshot him by like sixteen percent or something like that. Who guarded Carmelo for the Houston Rockets during that? I mean, I mean, I mean, if we assume that the power forwards guard each other, Otis Thorpe would have been the oh, starting yeah. power forward yeah, for yeah. Houston that year. Did they have a young Robert Ori <coughs> in there somewhere playing yeah, forward? That would have been Ori and Cassell's rookie season. Something like that, yeah. I don't know. I mean, to answer the question you asked a few minutes ago, about it was more, what did you say, better or versatile? Be- or? Uh, better skill set. Better skill set of those three. I'll agree with the versatility with Barkley because he was just a unique player. He just did a lot of s- stuff we've just never really seen out of someone that size. I would say Malone was the most dominant. Um, Barkley probably did a few things. Well, we've probably never seen out of someone that size. And I would say Robinson's the most complete out of the three because he was an utterly dominant defender that the other two weren't on that level. And he was obviously down on offense as well in his prime. So they all three have things that, like, Malone's going to get you your 25 to 30 and 12 every single night. Barkley's going to do these different versions of things that other forwards can't do. And Robinson's going to dominate on both ends of the floor like we rarely see. So I don't – it just – you just got to pick your poison, I guess. Well, let, let me ask you this one last <coughs> question, and then I'll just give it up. Um if you started a franchise out of those three, who are you drafting first? What's the three again? 
Robinson, uh, Malone, uh, David Robinson, and uh, Barkley. I would say Malone. What, would wait, wait, wait. What time period? Like basketball or playing? It, it doesn't matter. Um, I'd pick Malone out of the three. I'd take I'd take the Admiral. What the hell I was saying? I'd take the Admiral. Mm. If I'm starting a franchise, I might take Barkley. Interesting. Uh, hmm. Three different answers. <laughs> I like it. I'd have to go with Malone. I would Malone. Yeah. Malone, you get over 15 great seasons. With the Admiral, you get nine, maybe ten. With Barkley, you get somewhere in the middle of those two. And Barkley's the worst defender of the three. So that's that's my thought process. And I'm, I'm thinking, if I'm starting a team, do I have the guy to get the ball to Malone? Whereas mm-hmm. Charles will probably go get his own. Well, that that's factored in the versatility. That's true. I that's why I'm that's why I'm thinking starting a team. And Robinson's going to be the best defender out of the three. That's why I was going. Yeah. I, I, I he'll anchor I your a, team. I have a big problem with big men that can't block shots. Yeah. But Malone is no. not the center. It's true. He would play with a center. Yeah, he's the power forward. Um, so I do like the Admiral's uh, defense, um, and he's going for the you know maybe not for as long, but for the meat of their career, he's going to get you. Just as many or close to just as many points, so it's a really good question, Ray. I like that. Yeah, I mean, these are all three players that we all three have grouped pretty close together. Indeed, it is. So yeah, there you go. There's my uh, opening questionnaire once again. All right. Well, that is all of our opening statements. So uh, I will ask. Here's the thing, guys. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember a uh, player that every single one of us had grouped so tightly. Not just on our overall list, but on our power forward list. He's on two is the highest and four is the lowest on our power forward list. So no no bigger divide than two spots. And we go from ten to nineteen. So like there's not really a division in us. No, it's a pretty tight groove. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty picky. And I think I can speak for all of us and say that none of us have a problem with Malone playing in every era. Oh, no, no, no. You're right. no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he played in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. So, I mean, the area that would always <laughs> prop up. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's he right. dominated yeah. I mean, I, Besides, I think the only era that you ask questions about is right now. Yeah. Um, whether he could stretch his game to the three point line, whether he would change to a center, and, you know, whether he'd move his feet well enough to defend the pick and roll hits run today. I think those are the only questions, but I have no doubt that. He could play today, or that he'd be able to score today. Right. Yeah. I mean, if to, at a certain point, even with today, if you're just a great, great all-time player, and you have a specific skill set, like one of the best players in, this in, in the NBA right now is Demar Derozan. All he does is shoot mid-range jumpers. So I mean, if if you're a great dominant player, even if it's not a three-pointer, like they want you to shoot today, you're still going to dominate. Like, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and re-ask my question from there because I didn't really ask for answers earlier. But why do you think we seem to come down less hard on Malone for his lack of titles than we do on Barkley and Ewing? Because we all have those guys ranked lower than we do Carl. Mm. And none of them have titles, and they all were contemporaries. 
Why do you think we seem to cut Carl some more slack? Um, I don't know. I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna say, I don't know if it's good or bad thing you guys can tell me. Is it because Carl went to the... Um, well, here, I'll go compare it to Barkley first. He, Barkley went to one and lost. Malone went to two. And then with Ewing, Ewing went when Michael left. And then he got dominated by another center. And then he never got back because Michael kept beating him. So would you say that's why? Well, I, I just and don't think Ewing's on the other two's level. No. I yeah. Would, I and then Carl Malone has two MVPs to Barkley's one. So he just did stuff twice compared to what Barkley yeah. did. Ewing did get back, though. Oh, yeah, he goes back in um, – but ninety nine, they got lost to the Spurs, and then again he loses to. But he's not even. He's he, injured. He gets hurt. He gets hurt in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't even play. Was it any of it? Or he played early in the playoffs, but he missed. He didn't play any yeah. in the finals. I know that. Like Marcus. It was like Marcus Camby. Yeah, Marcus Camby. Yeah. Camby and Houston <laughs> is pretty well by that team down the stretch. Um, no, I, I I think I agree with you, Wade. I I don't think I view Ewing as the same, reaching the same heights as the other two. Uh, I think maybe Ray disagrees, but uh, did you did you give a reason for Barkley Wade? Did I mean not yet? But okay. I mean I even said in the Barkley episode he's not really a player. I blame for not really having a title. Um, I mean it, when you're an all-time great player, to I don't know it's hard to describe. Like I feel like a lot of times Barkley went out there and did his job. He just lost to better teams. I mean, that just happens a lot. Like, a lot of times the Jazz, you have him in Stockton. And I've, I'm not as big on Stockton as everybody else here. I think he's obviously an all-time great point guard. But, like I said, it's in a different episode. Besides running the pick and roll and him passing it to Malone, and in certain situations, Stockton could be limited scoring the basketball. And sometimes with the Utah Jazz, it was just Malone scoring the basketball. And if you could find out a decent defensive scheme against him or you got a good matchup on him, sometimes, you know, it's a pretty limited offense. And he's just kind of left on an island by himself offensively. Um, that's my thought process a lot of times. I mean, a lot of those Jazz teams, you have Stockton, Malone, and then Oyster Tag, Hornacek. <laughs> Oyster Tag. I mean, and a bunch of guys that are either, if you know who they are. Mark Eaton. Yeah. <laughs> Just well, even him offensively wasn't very good. No, no, he was terrible on offense. He blocked a lot of shots. Yeah, and they found him in a garage in L.A. I think Adrian yeah. Dantley, his <coughs> rookie year, that was it. And then, like, and if and, and well, Byron Russell's pretty much known as the guy who wanted to stop Jordan and couldn't. That's why you know his <laughs> name. And then, I mean, a bunch of guys you either never heard of or players that you heard of but weren't any good anymore that were on the roster. I mean, there could be someone I'm forgetting, I guess, but um, I mean, Jeff Hornacek was a decent player, but he's not—he's not dropping thirty on you. Yeah, I mean, in the late '80s, they had Daryl Griffith for a little while. Um, you know, nice little scorer, um, and I mean, someone had to score. I mean, there's going to be people that average a decent amount of points. Yeah, but that happens um, with every team. And I—and I don't want to sound like. Hornacek sucks. He does not suck. No, I thought he was pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't pointing that at you. But Hornacek is not a world beater. I mean, he's an all-star. He made a couple all-star games, but I mean... I mean, a shot to make a all-star teams, to be honest. Um, you know, he had a couple couple seasons where he was pretty good. Um, you know, he, uh, he had a... 
I think he had a season in Phoenix where he was twenty five and five. Really? Orange Jack did that? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I don't see I only remember him with the Jazz. Yeah, me too. I don't even remember him from Phoenix. Yeah, he was in no. Phoenix in the early nineties. Ah, gotcha. So was his prime in Phoenix? Or was it, it with Utah? In Phoenix. Oh, okay. So so I mean that kinda helps my argument a little bit. He doesn't even get to Carl until he's older. He comes but, he comes to Utah at age thirty. Okay, so okay. probably the end of his prime probably. Looks like his be- I got him pulled up now. His best Utah season looks like sixteen and four. Okay. So yeah. Offensively, scoring wise, it sounds like Malone and then his second best help was Hornacek. Unless the old oyster tag was going to have himself a good game. <laughs> Mom's favorite, second favorite player behind Scott Pollard. Yeah. I'm going to look at the old Greg oyster tag here. Watch. Career averages of four points and five rebounds. <laughs> and he was the starting center for those championship t- or those finals teams. Oh, okay, you either yeah. had a great center or you had someone like that on your team. <laughs> yeah. He started 70 games in 1996 and averaged seven points and five re- seven oh. points and seven rebounds. That's his best season. Seven and seven is his best season. And he was their starter in the finals, right? Yeah. Yeah, for those two seasons they made against Jordan. Mm. It's bad when Luke Longley's dominating you. Like, come <laughs> oh, on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jesus. Here is the the roster in 1996. Okay. David Bonnet, Antoine Carr, um, Howard Isley, Greg Foster, another one of Mom's guys, um, Jeff Hornacek, Adam Keefe, yeah. uh, Carl Malone, Chris Morris, Greg Oystertag, Byron Russell, Felton Spencer, John Stockton, Andy Toulson, and Jamie Watson. So, uh, so did I, I make my point then? I mean, <laughs> like, I don't... There wasn't a lot of help there. And then they're, they're meeting Jordan in the finals those two years, and they're meeting Jordan and Pippen and Rodman and Kukoc, like... There's other role players that we know, but those were the the best players on the team. Obviously, I mean, wait, that season, Byron Russell averaged oh, three shit. points and one rebound. Oh, see what I mean? Holy cow! It's Jordan right. Stopper. Yeah, yeah, the Jordan Stopper. The two years they went to the finals, uh, Byron Russell averaged ten points, four rebounds, and nine points, four rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. What can you say? That's what you want right there. Championship <laughs> caliber player. <laughs> so, I mean, they match up against the Bulls in the finals. You have Carl and Jordan as the two superstars. Jordan's the greatest player ever. <laughs> so, he's already better than Malone, even though Malone's one of the greatest players ever. You said that like it's a I fact, mean, Wade. It is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you referring to some of the LeBron people? Yeah, well, there's somebody yeah. sharing your couch that has a disagreement uh, with you. I think Uncle Doug's <laughs> is trying to give us a hard time. He's trying to pull our leg. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll find out in a few episodes, I guess. But <laughs> and it's not LeBron. It's someone else. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then you have Stockton and Pippen. Um, again, both all-time great players. But, I mean, I don't. And then, then it literally falls off a cliff with the Utah Jazz. And then the Bulls still have... Rodman and Kukoc and Ron both Harper. in the Hall of Fame. Yes. <laughs> Ron Harper, who at that time wasn't doing anything offensively, but was still a very good defender. Mm-hmm. You have the highest uh, three-point percentage by three-point shooter by percentage ever in Steve Kerr, going off the bench. I mean, 
they had two or three centers that would go in there and pick up a bunch of fouls and hit people. I mean, I just think they were outmatched, and that's why they lost. I think we said it during the Barkley episode. Barkley was not the favorite the year he lost to the Bulls. The Bulls were. And the two years that um, Malone and them went there, I mean, some people will say, Mark will probably tell me this, um, well, the uh, um, Jazz won more games in the regular season, so they were the favorites. No, they weren't. Well, didn't we say last episode Michael was favorite to win all six? Yeah, I mean he was, fa- he was favored to win all a six. A couple years ago, with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, the Utah Jazz won the most games in the NBA. They weren't the favorites. Well, they made the Western Conference Finals. Exactly. Like the regular season wins are aren't. Remember that one year the Atlanta Hawks led the league in wins when they yeah. had those four or five really good players, and they lost in the second round, and no one expected them to make the finals. No, like it's not always the case. Well, let me ask you guys this one. So we got the Bulls and Suns in 93. We got the, what is it, Knicks in Houston, 94. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Magic in Houston in 95. Mm -hmm. And then who was 96? Oh, the the Supersonics. Supersonics. And then we got the Utah Jazz for two seasons. All those rosters are pretty similar. I think... And I'm going to sound like a crazy person, but I think your Magic, for that stretch of time, probably had a more talented roster. I I wouldn't say that's far-fetched. You're talking I about mean, the Shaq and Penny and, and, yeah. Yeah. Just and Anderson and all them. Here's yeah. the thing. I'm, not, I w- I'm really going to try not to sound like a homer here. But, I mean, obviously Shaq is an all-time great. I mean, yeah. We all have them very high on our list. Yeah. I mean, I have some disagreements with Ray, with Shaq, but other than that, we all have them very high on our list. I have no doubt in my mind Penny is on this list if his career isn't cut short by injury. I would agree. Probably. Probably. I mean, Penny was that talented. Oh, yeah. I mean, he he was the starting point guard for for that title run team just a couple years into his career. Um, and he was, he was uber talented. And Nick Young and Dennis Scott were very nice, nice role players. Um, and... We can't forget about Horace Grant, who's fresh off winning three titles with the Bulls. I think that's the big part. They have the two stars, which you'll see a lot throughout good teams. It was the people after them that were so really talented. Anderson was on, like, he was, what, a 20-point-per-game score there for a little bit or close to it? He probably got close to it before the free uh, Sha- before Shaq got there. Something uh, like that. But, like, like, he was really, really good. And then Scott was one of the best three-point shooters in the league. And Horace Grant had just won three titles with the Bulls and was their third best player on all the teams. So, I mean, there's a lot of talent right there. A he lot of talent. Back-to-back seasons, Nick Anderson averaged 19.9. See? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, in the early 90s. So, uh, I think that's the most impressive part. It's after the two superstars or, yeah, they're pretty much superstars both. And then three more really, really good players. At least two more really good players and then some other decent Solid players. Well, and you got to think about too. We haven't even named somebody. Brian Shaw was Penny's backup. Yeah. And, you know, <coughs> and they he, had a very good backup bad. veteran point guard. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, you know they they that is something I would give Orlando credit for. Orlando was able to surround Shinny, Shinny, <laughs> Shaq and Penny. <laughs> was that their nickname back in the day? <laughs> no, oh, it was not. No, it was not. <laughs> but that would have been cool. Um, Shaq and Penny with good role players that filled 
the gaps around those guys. They haven't been able to do that since. They've struggled to do it since. They did all right with Dwight. They could just never bring in a second star to play with Dwight. And they couldn't do shit around T-Mac. Um, and to be honest with you, since Dwight's left, they just can't find a superstar. Well, I think the biggest problem with the T-Mac magic was Grant Hill's ankle. It was. It was. They signed one of maybe the best player in the NBA or in that conversation, and then he literally pretty much never played again for like five years. <laughs> yeah. And you were close to hitting Tim Duncan. Yeah. They almost yeah. had the biggest big three in the NBA that the NBA had probably seen in a while. Like if those three are healthy and all there, oh, sweet Jesus. I mean. Those titles. Like, might have a like, magic oh, dynasty. Yeah. Like in the yes. 90s when Jordan retired that first time, they were trying to give Grant Hill the mantle of the next great superstar. Like that's how good he was at the beginning of his career. And then T-Mac, when he goes to the Magic, is winning scoring championships and is on the same level as Kobe. And, you know, there was like four or five great shooting guards, but him and Kobe and Vince and AI and all that. And then Tim Duncan's the greatest power forward of all time. So that's that. That's insane. I pulled up the, the Magic uh, title run team here from the 90s. You have Shaq, who's averaging 26 and 11 on 57% shooting, while Penny is averaging 21 and 7 on 51% shooting. Then you have Dennis Scott averaging 17 points a game. He doesn't really do a whole lot else. Um, And then uh, he's shooting 44% from the field, which isn't overly great, but he he shot 42% from three. So he's just shooting three. Yeah, that's all he did, yeah. Um, then you have Nick Anderson, who averaged 14 points, five rebounds, three assists, on 44%. And then you have Horace Grant, who averaged 13 points, nine rebounds, on 51% shooting. Yeah. Nice little team there. Yeah. They were, they were the Thunder of the 90s. That young yeah, superstar yeah. Thunder team. Yeah, they that. were just too young to win. They needed the experience. Yeah. And then Shaq pulled the Shaq. Yeah. yeah, Shaq was like, I'm going to L.A. I want to make movies. I want to yeah. be a, uh, a genie. Shazam! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know what led to that anymore, but uh, I like talking about the magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you said that was the most talented team in that title yeah, run. Well, I went up th- against Jordan. Well, I, I mean, in that five-year span, I mean, we had... The Suns, which had you had like Dan Marley, KJ, and Barkley, Barkley, old Danny Ainge, and then you had Lajuan, Kenny the Jet, Drexler. Um, then you had Magic, who's just just stacked out of the gills with talent, mm. and they couldn't really do anything because yeah. then they they got swept that year, right? Yeah, after Nick Harrison missed the free throws, <coughs> it was over. And then you got this elderly elderly pair of. Carl Malone and John Stockton mm-hmm. somehow just durable as fuck and just made it to the finals two years in a row. I mean, not excluding the last 13, yeah. which they made the playoffs, but, I mean, it kind of shows a little bit of their, I guess, uh, determination for the Jazz team, you know, making it with a bum bum roster, and then you look at Sha- Shaq's Magic team, and it's just like, what went down? Yeah. I don't so, know. My, um, my overall point was when we were talking <coughs> about Carmelo, 
is like lots of people talk about he has some struggles in some important <laughs> moments in big games. And I'm not saying he didn't and or just dismissing that. But when you have the offensive that roster with offen with those offensive players, if you're a defense with that roster, like what would you do, Drew? If it comes down to an important situation with that roster? You're just gonna swarm Carmelo. Like right? You double yeah. Carl, yeah. 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 You double Carmelo. And then he either kicks it I mean I'm I'd, gonna I'd let Russell shoot a three. Exactly. So I'm gonna make one of the the no names or not no names, but not yeah. I'm like well, I'm not gonna leave the game up I'm to Carmelo hit a fifteen footer. Easy for Carmelo to kind of fail in those situations offensively. I'm not saying he couldn't have done a little better or made some better decisions, but as a defense, you know exactly what's gonna happen. Just don't leave Stockton open for a three. You don't even have to guard maybe a couple other players. Well, Hornacek was a good shooter, yeah. but you can leave Russell. You, who the fuck knows if, where Oyster Tag's at or what he's doing? <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's I mean, why just don't just don't let him catch it two feet yeah. from the rim. So just, okay. Literally, just don't let Stockton and Hornacek shoot a three because they're both good shooters. But that's what they were good at too. So you just had a garment three point land and then just swarm Carmelo. That's why Michael well, knew to steal the ball from Carmelo game six. I mean, he, he knew where it was going. That's another thing. Is that cons- do people consider that his fault? I think so, yeah. Do they? Yeah, probably. If you're posting up and you get ready to make a move and someone runs across the court and comes up behind you, is that on your teammates to tell you he's coming or is it your fault because you're trying to make a move posting up? Mm. I think somebody's got to make a, a call, I, like back door or something. Well, I think, I, I think you know, <coughs> we, we've all played ball at some level. Like, you're yelling at your teammates saying there's somebody coming up behind him. I mean, you, you get taught that in junior high. Yeah. You know, we've all been told to yell wolf. I mean, you know, people got to be watching Jordan. Him and Pippen are the two best defensive perimeter guys of maybe that generation. And if you're caught, so you need to watch them, what they're doing. And they just let Jordan walk right up behind him and just take it and run down well, court. Also, if you're Carmelo at the end of the game, you got to think someone's coming to guard me. They're not going to. Well, well that's, that's the thing is it was illegal in the NBA at that time to double somebody until after they caught the ball. So if you're Carl Malone and have half a brain in your head, oh, yeah. you catch and go because you know the double's coming. I mean, you can't catch and hold because he holds the ball for like four or five he, seconds. He holds it there and spins, and then Michael comes up and hits it. Mm. Yeah, like you, it's you. They literally, it's against the rules for them to come double team you until after you have the ball. And Mike comes from clear across the court. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Though. Like that's plenty of time for someone to say Jordan's running at you to steal the ball. Like, I'm not saying it's not Carmelo's fault at all, but there's a team concept there that should be, I think, more talked about. If you see the greatest player of all time <laughs> running across the court at you, someone should be telling you he's coming up from behind you. Like, that's, yeah. that, that was just my point. I mean, at least Detroit had the Jordan rule. At least, at least Jazz could have said was, back door! You know? <laughs> Something. Yeah. Well, uh, who do we know? Does anybody remember? Who was Jordan guarding during that play? For supposed oh. to be guarding, <laughs> I mean, it would have been what Russell, Russell or probably Russell, probably. yeah, Russell or Hornacek, one of the, yeah, yeah, one of the two like probably. Because I assume Pippen probably has Stockton, or, well, him or Harper. Harper yeah. was a really great defender. He was, yeah. yeah. So you could have Harper. I would imagine Harper on Stockton. They put Pippen on probably Hornacek. So I say probably Russell. Like Uncle Doug said, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, been I don't know that. I guess, but. So do we criticize Carl Malone if he throws the ball to wide open Russell? Because, I mean, we criticize LeBron for it. I've never really criticized LeBron for passing. 
I mean, well, we criti- I mean, I don't even say we as in, but I mean, as a general society, no, no, we, we right. criticize LeBron when for passing in big moments. Yeah, when he passes in big moments. That's a game-winning situation. Right. If, if Malone makes the correct play and throws it to the wide-open Byron Russell, who is not a good shooter, but is standing wide open on the court, do we criticize Carl for that? No, I mean, I'd say probably. I, I mean, the media would probably. But I mean, I've never criticized LeBron for making the right play. Jordan gets praised for making the right play to Paxson and Kerr. So yeah. it's just a matter of if the person makes it. I mean, two of the most famous plays it's ever with Jordan 14. is he kicks. Whatever 14 is for the Jazz the second year. Well, let's see where what, what Hornacek is. Because I think is 14. Is he? Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember the numbers. I'm pretty sure. Michael, I'm pulling up the roster. Hornacek, then. But here's the th- here's, uh Hornacek's 14, so he's going yeah. Hornacek. He leaves Hornacek yeah. open. Okay. Um, but here's the thing. It, I, we just watched it, so it's kind of fresh in our minds now. Hornacek does something stupid, and Hornacek runs into the paint. So he, he, ta- he takes Jordan to the paint. Oh, and then oh. Jordan runs up behind Malone, and Hornacek hauls ass back out to three-point land. But at that point, first off, you've already fucked up. But right. second off, continue to stand in the paint because if Malone sees you, he just throws you the ball and it's a wide open layup. But right. no, he turns around and with his back to Malone and runs all the way back out to three point line. And, and we th- all know I think that kind of helps my point. Hornacek <laughs> brought him right next to Carmelone <laughs> and then, and and then all, ran away when he went to steal the ball. We all know if, like, from playing basketball, if you're a double team, you can't make these cross court passes. I mean, they're always like, oh, hey, I was open over there in the corner. I can't get you the ball when two guys are freaking on me and guarding me and swiping at me. You're not going to be able to make that pass. Yeah, especially when you don't see some guy coming. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Hornacek brought him to him and then ran away. I'm guessing he didn't say anything because it doesn't look like, um, from what I remember, it doesn't look like Malone knows he's there. Obviously, um, which I I would say, it's not like he he's like the whole play is behind him. He's posted up on the block. Mm. Jordan is in his field of vision, especially as somebody as a talented passer as Carl Malone is. You'd think. You'd think you'd see the guys running towards you, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm not saying this is 100% Carl's fault, but there is a a portion of this where you're like, Carl, why didn't you no, do your eyes closed? That's, <laughs> that's all I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. It's not all his fault. There's a team aspect there. Right. And what you were saying about um, him not taking the last shot, I'm a firm believer he should make the right basketball play because when you guys look at the video, Jordan was – heavily praised for finally making those passes to Kerr and Paxton to win games in that's the playoffs. Yeah. But it's all about if the person makes it. And if they make it, well, that's true. If you yeah. make it, you're the hero for passing it. If they miss it, you're the dumbass that gave it up. Yeah. You're Carl Malone. Why don't you shoot the ball? Yeah, that's what they yeah. say if he passed it and they missed it. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, Hornacek is the same level of shooter, at least of Paxton. If I mean, he may not be on Kerr's level, but he's definitely he's, on Paxson's level. Yeah, mm-hmm. you he's know, an elite shooter. Yeah, Hornacek's an elite shooter. But and like you said, though, if, if Hornacek had made the right play and stayed in the lane, Malone might have hit him. But you turn yeah. your back and. Or hit if the he'd three. never gone down there to begin with, if yeah. Jordan runs from three-point land by himself without Hornacek going with him, and Hornacek standing in three-point land like this. Right. Yeah. Then it's totally. You know, I guess I put or my hands up like or I'm Jordan ready to shoot. stays on him. Malone gets a one-on-one opportunity to score. Yeah. Which yeah. he's one of the greatest ever at that in the paint. You know, he could muscle his way to the basket. He could spin and do one of those so jump shots. He was shots pretty he was close to at. the block, so it's, he was right there. Guys, he's not that big. He's only 10 pounds heavier than Durant. Dude, get out of here. Carmelo <laughs> 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 is stacked. <laughs> Absolutely stacked. Carmelo <laughs> is one of the most stacked NBA players I've ever seen. Him and David Robinson. That dude, yeah, they were both buff as hell. 
10 like, pounds heavier than Kevin Durant. That's all I'm saying. The Kevin Durant weight is just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. I saw something online about weight their day. They said realistically, when Shaq would start to oh, get gosh. into shape with the Lakers, he was 340. They <laughs> said when he showed up out of shape, he was closer to 370. Shaq? Oh 370? <laughs> they said when he would show up out of shape <laughs> with the Lakers, he was, they said somewhere like, 380, but I didn't quite believe that. So I'd guess 360, 370. And they said once he got into shape, he was 340 with the Lakers. <laughs> well, they have him listed on basketball. <laughs> like, so what do you think he weighed 325. when he was like completely oh, cooked and out of shape with like the Four, Cavs and the Celtics? 450. <laughs> 450. I guarantee he was in the 400s there at the end yeah. of the Cavs and the Celtics. He was not moving. I bet he was just a big blob on offseason. He's, he's so <coughs> huge. Not just being what, 7'1? Seven, seven, yeah. 7'2, seven, I think is what he's listed, isn't it? 7'1. Seven, 7'1, one. Seven, one, okay. Sorry. But he's just so ginormous. He's just like, huge. Remember that, that shoe? His shoe at that store in oh, St. Louis? Yeah. They were like size like, isn't it like tw- size 23 or 24? Yeah, or something like, it's yeah, just like a triple E or something. Like it's it's insane. Like half my they arm. I'm like, how's that? Enormous. How's that someone's yeah. foot? Like, that's just. But I feel like so he stays huge. in better shape now that he's retired than he did for the so. second half of yeah. his career. Yeah, he, he's like done this whole fitness journey thing. He's been like posting online and stuff. He's been working out and he wanted to like see his abs or something. And he's been, he got a personal trainer and he's lost weight and he looks kind of buff in the upper body now. Um,. Speaking of weird <laughs> things after you retire, Carl Malone became like a fucking nomad after he retired or some shit. Like, seen stuff he like that. moved up into the hills, grew a big fucking beard, and like doesn't come out of his, like doesn't go anywhere. Like, they don't see him. Like, they had to beg him to come out of his, his, his home in the hills to, for his interviews for the, for the Michael uh, show, uh, he, like, The Longest much, Dance. He, like, doesn't he have, like, a big cabin and, like, hunts yeah. and fishes all yeah, the time? Yeah, hunts and fishes all the time. Did he stay cabin. in Utah or did he move back to Louisiana? No, he's still in Utah. Okay. Hmm. Maybe I thought it was peaceful up there. Well, it's a nice kind of off-by-yourself kind of place. Did he, did he make it for the All-Star game? I can't remember. Did he show up? I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. I, I didn't watch it. I don't, I don't know. I've seen pictures. <coughs> but I watched the YouTube. I did. I did hear. I did hear a complaint on a couple of podcasts I listened to that said that they were surprised at how many players didn't that were alive that didn't show up for it. Like Tim Duncan didn't show up. Well, that's super well, funny. He works in the NBA. <coughs> really funny though is I saw something that said Scottie Pippen didn't show up to 75 year anniversary because he didn't want all the smoke from Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> you know Jordan would set, start sitting there well, saying shit to you him. You see what Michael said to Magic? You want to play you you want to play one on one? One on one right now, Magic. And you just, just didn't the, look on his face. He was dead serious. Like it was game six. The, I'm shooting the ball, Because you know the beef with KG and Ray Allen? Yeah. When, did you see the thing they put on social media where Ray Allen gets introduced and he goes up and he gets like uh, dapped up with LeBron and KG just goes... Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, then he but then doesn't he skip KG and go to Paul Pierce next, too? Something like that. But then I guess afterwards they all took a picture together. They did. I've seen the picture, yeah. But you can see KG's at this motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going to kill him. Like. No, no, I was watching induction ceremony, and it was like a fucking half hour, right? The whole halftime was like 30, 40 minutes. But the funniest thing they had, though, is they had LeBron right next to Rodman, and they were having some kind of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and I can only imagine what Rodman's telling Rodman's LeBron. Rodman's saying, I'll lock you down, bro. <laughs> you want to go to North Korea with me next time? <laughs> yeah. That would be crazy. I can only imagine what Ro- He could say anything to you. Well, the funny part is they're in Cleveland, Yeah. and Michael Jordan got a bigger applause than LeBron James did. 
Because they already know. Because Mike is the most popular athlete in the world. He has been for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, and he's yeah. been retired for 23 years. Yeah. 24 years. Well, he well, came back with the Wizards. Oh, that's true. He came back with the Wizards. Well, pretty much 20 years. Yeah, so 20 years. Well, I mean, he's probably got the most popular meme of all time where he's just bawling his eyes out. <laughs> that was a popular meme. <laughs> so That and that's all I needed. Well, he does, And then the last dance kind of gave him a little boost back up, too. Yeah. He does have the most popular shoe. I mean, still. That? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Nope. I don't think we'll have to use this because none of us think LeBron's the GOAT, so I'll just say it because we're talking about it. Kevin Wilds has one of the coolest takes on Jordan being better than LeBron I've ever heard. I've never heard this before. He said, okay. if you oh, have I a, know what you're going to say. If you have a player that played in the NBA and he had two championships, two finals MVPs, a defensive player of the year award, and nine scoring titles, do you think that player would be make the Hall of Fame? Do you I think he'd be think, a Hall of Famer? Yes, yeah. he's a clear Hall of Famer. That is the difference between Jordan and LeBron, a full Hall of Fame player. Yeah, it's, oh, that, okay. that person. That person. Yeah. Is a, that person is a first ballot Hall of Famer. And, that's, right. and LeBron oh. has played many, many, many more games. Wow. It's, um, shoot, it, I saw it too, but they called it a. They're a Kevin Durant career away from Michael. Yeah, like it's 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 insane. Like that's one of the most perfect answers I've ever heard. Yeah. Jordan is better. <laughs> Than LeBron, like that's insane. By a whole player, <laughs> and whole Hall of Fame player, whole Hall of Fame like, player. Like yep, it's even hard to think of a Hall of Fame player that accomplished that. Nine scoring titles, a Defensive Player of the Year award, two Finals, two Finals like MVPs. Michael, who wins? Who wins scoring titles and Defensive Player of the Years? Right. Yeah. Him. What? Didn't Mike Michael win everything in one year? Yeah, I remember. I, I just read oh, that yeah. off that one time. Yeah. He he won everything. Like he won. Even, even like the year. dunk contest and the all-star game MVP. Yeah, the only thing he didn't win was a title that year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, correct. And then he went on to win six of them, so it was fine. <laughs> so, like, that was the greatest response I've ever heard to the GOAT conversation. That is good. I like that. You, I'm guessing you listened to that episode. Oh, Bill Simmons podcast. Yeah. So he's, I don't know. That was yeah. the greatest thing I've ever heard as far as a response. Because, you know, Nick, because, you know, Kevin Wilde is one of the guys that argues with Nick Wright on mm -hmm. First Things First. And Nick Wright, N Nick Wright said today that Jordan is one of the top three greatest players ever now. Who's, who else has passed him now? He's, so he said something about Jabbar. <laughs> like, so not only are you putting LeBron ahead of him, you're slowly lowering Jordan. Like, <laughs> yeah. With a guy that hasn't played in 40 years. Like, What's he proved in the past 40 years? <laughs> I did see Kareem's intro, though, on TikTok. When they announced his name, he goes. Yeah, I saw that. It was cool. But, yeah, that was that was an epic response. <laughs> I thought. That, it was. And the thing about the podcast was you didn't know what he was – what he was talking about when he said it mm -hmm. he just said if is this person a hall of famer and i'm not going to give you their name and then just named off their accolades and he's like that's the difference between jordan and lebron so you didn't know that he was talking about jordan lebron like we did when yeah. when wade brought it up like it, and it completely took me off guard i was like what is he doing like the day yeah. before they had had a huge debate on first take about it or not first first things first sorry and well i think first take talked about it too and talking about first take, uh, J.J. Redick kind of slaughtered Zion Williams in their day. Yeah, yeah I, I saw that. that. Yeah, so. yeah. J.J. Redick's a good addition to the show. He just lays it out. He's also put <coughs> Stephen A. Smith in his spot a couple times, yeah, oh, which yeah. is pretty nice. Yeah, it was nice. Because one day I just heard him talking to Stephen A. Smith. He's like, did you do it? No, 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 no. Answer my question. Have you ever done it? Have you ever tried doing it? Could you ever do it? And he's talking about like doing something on a basketball floor. He's like, yeah. no, 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 no. So stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're talking about current NBA stuff. Um, 
so did Kyrie Irving just win? I think so. Because they're saying that they they lifted the mandate in New York. <laughs> they yeah. did. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. They're well, it makes sense. I mean, the whole mandate for New York was kind of stupid anyway. So, so they lifted it all over the. They country. were letting yeah. people who were unvaccinated, yeah. play on other teams, come in and play, <laughs> yeah. but Kyrie couldn't play. Yeah. But yes, I would say he probably got his point across. Yeah. So so is this a is this a victory? We tally this up for Kyrie. Like this is a victory. I think so. A victory yeah. in his own head. It kind of fucked up his team, but they are like the eighth seed in the East right now. Yeah. Yeah, but but it is great going forward because they now have Kevin Durant's running mate that he wanted and needed. So yeah, that's a plus. Yeah, let's see how um, Ben Simmons runs with Kyrie. Boy, this is gonna be a wild last. I think it might be season. a better fit than James Harden. They need a defensive <coughs> stopper. Yeah, they, they need help rebounding. They need help getting the ball out on the break. Those are the three things that Ben Simmons is great at. So yeah, I don't think they don't need help. They don't need help scoring with Durant, Kyrie, Mills, and Curry. And they got Drummond, who will help solve their terrible rebounding issues. Yeah, sometimes. I was going to say that they're one of the worst rebounding teams in the league, and Drummond is the best rebounder in the league. So, well, yeah. my percentage <laughs> is the greatest ever. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Seth, Seth Curry and Patty Mills are maybe two of the top five three point shooters this oh, year. Oh yeah, I love Patty yeah. Mills. So, I think it was great trade for the Nets. I mean, it takes the pressure off Simmons. So you just oh, sit yeah. back and do his thing. And he doesn't have to score with he those. Doesn't, guys. He doesn't have to shoot. Yeah, they have two of the greatest scorers ever. Just let him be. A good defensive Westbrook, and then just let the other two do Here, their thing. Here's here's my thing. I say you tell Kyrie and Durant five times a game, each you run the pick and roll with Simmons as your role man. A lot yeah. of people are saying, yeah, in certain matchups, play him as the big. Yeah, play him as the big. No, you can't do it against Embiid or Jokic, but a lot of teams don't play real big men. Yeah. Right. So and, and against those teams, why you got Drummond? Yeah. So and they got so still got that big long guy that plays center. Claxton. Claxton. And so they have Aldridge. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, this that's, I think it was that's great set up pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I think you know we're talking about legacy stuff in the drain episode. Mm-hmm. I think this even might help in the legacy because I don't think Simmons is anywhere near as viewed as Harden. So I think the big three concept kind of took a little bit step backwards. So if they did win a title, it would look better. I agree with you, and I will say this. If they were to win the title this season, after all this bullshit and all this, the, all the temper tantrums and the drama and Kyrie not being able to play and Harden being a little bitch and and you bring in an even bigger bitch and Ben Simmons and you win a title, that's saying something. That yeah. that's a legit accomplishment. That's you hear a all the shit that Harden <laughs> was doing. That they, I think I, I talked about on the phone when you and me talked. Was it last mm-hmm. time that before? Mm-hmm. Harden was being a real bitch, and I was one of those Harden supporters on this podcast. But dear God. <laughs> They said he was getting mad and throwing dipper tantrums when they would call a play for Kevin Durant. Durant. And then that he was refusing to play like team basketball. He'd get mad and just refuse to do what Steve Nath Steve Nash asked him to do and just would just do want to do isolation plays nonstop. They were and they reported that um, Steve Nash called him out in a film session for not making the correct play. And then, like, he refused to go to film sessions for, like, weeks. Yeah. Like, he would just refuse to show up. Because there's being disrespectful to Steve Nash, like, yeah. uh, giving him my roles and just walking out of the huddle and like, ignoring him. And he would, like, after, if if Nash said something to him at a home game, his response, like, get on him about something, he'd be like, oh, yeah? Well, what's Kyrie doing? <laughs> that might have been like, my response if it was come to me. That's not Nash's fault. But it's not, yeah, that's not Nash's right. fault that Kyrie's not playing. Like, they you know. being a real... Real douche. He's just he's he's just a baby. Yeah, Let's be is. honest. Houston coddled the fuck out of him for like ten years. 
And he ran back to Daryl Morey. He, <laughs> he ran right. back to him yeah. to get exactly what he wanted. But here's my thing. Uh, this is Embiid's team. Yep. yep. Daryl Morey might be able to tell you, hey, you can take flights to strip clubs after games, and you can go out partying and all that stuff, and that's fine. But when it comes to playing – and B might smack shit out you if yeah. you're going to pout or not play Some, defense. Somebody needs to smack him. Because this was just last year. Uh, on the floor, we heard it word for word. The mics picked it up. And B told Tyrese Maxey, shut the fuck up before I bitch slap you. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, and Tyrese Maxey puffed up at him and, and B's like, let's fucking go. Like, you know, like, you, you, think, you think he's going to be scared of James Harden. Embiid does not care. Right. He is one of the actual tough guys where he d- he doesn't care. Like, if you fuck up what he's trying to do, he, like, there's a lot of pretenders in today's NBA. Embiid is not one of them. Well, it's funny how the, the foreign guys are making the Americans look like a bunch of bitches. Like, Embiid I mean, made fun real. of Carl Anthony Towns so much that they fought each other, and Embiid and him went got into a full-blown WWE match. Was that last year or the year before? Yeah, a couple years ago, I think. So, yeah. like, Embiid does not care. Well, here's the other thing, though. I also believe Embiid's a decent person because he did all that to Carl Anthony Towns. They got into an actual fight, punches thrown. They've continued to talk shit and talk about how they hate each other, but then when Carl Anthony Towns' mom died... Embiid was one of the first dudes to reach out to him, you know, like, you know, you know, a couple few years back, Embiid's brother died, you know, I think, you know, he, he realized, you know, this is a shitty thing that happened, this is above basketball, you know, yeah. like, anyway, I mean, that was another tangent. <laughs> uh, we haven't talked about Carmelo in like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. But we well, need to talk about the Harden Simmons trade at least a little mm-hmm. bit. I agree. Um, so, do we get our closing statements on Carmelo? Yeah, sure. I'm good. All right. Uh, Ray, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, I mean, we've all said he's a phenomenal player. The only thing that really kept him down is, I mean, the titles. But, I mean, sometimes you win them. Sometimes you can't get there. Sometimes you go into a, a big tank battalion called Michael Jordan and you shut your fucking down. So, I mean, he's got the stats. He's got the accolades. Sometimes you just can't get there with the, the titles. Shit happens. I mean, you either get drafted to the team, you can't. That's just the deal. But Carmelone is that guy. I mean, top three, top five, power forwards, wherever you got him at, that's him for real. And everybody's got him within the top 20. That's where Carmelone goes because he's just that good. So. Without the titles, he's still the fucking man. With the titles, we might be talking a whole something different, but that's where I got mine. 19. All right. Well, that will lead us to Drew. Um, Carl Malone just unfortunately happened to become one of the many people that didn't get a title because of Michael Jordan. I mean, what can you say besides that for his titles? I mean, he's not the only one that that happened to. Other than that, I think for how good he was, I think we showed that on our list by putting him besides Ray in the top 15, and he doesn't have any titles. I mean, so we obviously respect that he was able to play for so long and at such a high level. So. Fair enough. Uncle Doug? Yeah. Um, I think we have shown him a lot of respect because he is the highest without a title on several lists. Um Played great his whole career. Um, playoffs every year of his career. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. you know, I, I'm pretty comfortable with where he's at on my list. And uh, But as Ray asked us earlier, you get that title, depending on which year it is, he can go even higher. Yeah. All right, and that'll lead to me, who um, I think we've uh, said pretty much all there is to say about Carl. You know, he's one of those 90s guys that didn't end up with the title, um, which I think holds him back from the elite of the elite status, but he's still a great, great, all-time great player and uh, has my respect and um, will continue to have my respect. I'm I'm pretty comfortable with where I have him. Depending on what I do with other guys, he may shift one or two some direction, but I don't have a big issue with where I have him currently. Wade? Um, I mean, I think we've all covered how, how great he was and all his accolades, but to just kind of put some of it in perspective, this was a guy who, like we talked about a lot of people that were these really great players for a certain amount of time, and then they were kind of just decent or bad near the end of their career or for part of their career. He was a legit all-star to superstar player for almost 20 years straight. It is insane how long and how good he was. And most of my point throughout the podcast just was he gets a lot of the blame for them not winning titles, and I'm not saying he shouldn't get some of the blame, but I think you have to think of the entire team sometimes and not just the player that we remember. Um, and that that was my main point. I think sometimes you have to put a little more thought into the the process. Wait, I just don't think you're giving Greg Orstag enough credit. <laughs> <laughs> He's out there busting his butt every night, putting up. <laughs> well, he was trying. Six and slap <laughs> down by Shaq. <laughs> six yeah, and, six and five every night. Come on, Wade. I mean, six and five. Yeah, six and five. But yes. I'm sure, you know, we should buy an Oystertag jersey for mom. That'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> and me and dad will get her a Scott Pollard. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas. We got Christmas set for next yeah, year. Yeah, we get some of those personalized we'll jerseys. I'll be in the doghouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Leah will be the favorite child after that. Uh, yeah, but, indeed. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I guess I summed it up. All right. Well, that will um, end our Carl Malone portion of this episode and lead us into trivia. What you got, Drew? All right. 2016, what player was first team All NBA but did not make the All Star team? 2016, huh? Yep. Um. First team All NBA. First team All NBA. In 2016. Yep. I have an answer. Okay. The years throwing me out. I actually feel good about my answer. I I didn't at first, but I kind of do now. I gotta write someone down, don't I? Um, At least I'm not the only one struggling. I feel better. I got nothing. 2016, 16, 16. All right, I wrote. I wrote someone down. I'm not even gonna waste the ink. I have no idea. (laughs) Okay. All right. I said DeAndre Jordan. Okay. I put Blake Griffin. Okay. <laughs> Clippers? <laughs> Draymond Green. Okay. Uh, no, no answer. Is DeAndre Jordan. Hey, hey. Oh. <laughs> yep, uh, yep. Normally it's the other way around. Normally 
Like some players make the All Star, but they don't make the All NBA team. So I was surprised when I saw it. First team too. Hmm. Like, hmm. Yeah. Wow. Who? Would, what centers would have had to been hurt for him to be first team? No kidding. Like him making a couple All NBAs as like a third team or something, fine. But like first team DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. Like was he twelve and twelve get first team All NBA? <laughs> Wasn't he like first team All Defense though, and like leading the league in rebounds? He might have. I don't know what happened in 16. Yeah. I just, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Like, he had like a two- or three-year stretch where he was either leading the league in rebounds or close, I think. And then he was always, I think, on. he made a couple of defensive teams. Hmm. But I don't know. I don't even know who the hell was good at center at that point. That's right. That was probably pre-Mbead being good. Yeah. Dwight had already gone Yoke-ish. down. Dwight had gone down. So you're looking at what, Mark Gasol? Um... Maybe was Joakim Noah still good at that point? Yeah, was, was uh, Noah though better than DeAndre Jordan? <laughs> I mean, let me pull up Stevens. Wait, what, Roy Hibbert for? I think Indiana. that was uh, I think that was post Hibbert. Yeah, yeah we didn't. We was it's done tricky. with all that. Yeah, <coughs> Horford maybe. Horford maybe. That would have been yeah. Horford's heyday Horford probably. Good. <laughs> was Gobert good yet? I don't think no. so. No. Birdman. <laughs> that was like 2008. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Maybe that's maybe maybe he was first team All NBA. We can't <laughs> no, think of yeah, anybody. Yeah. Struggling. All right. Who's next? I got one. Okay. All right. You know it's always me and Drew first. Yeah. He always goes first, always. and I always follow up. Alex always goes last. Mm-hmm. All right. And of all the great players to play on Team USA, only two. Have won at least thirty games without losing a game. Who are they? Thirty games without. So we need to figure out who was on the team that lost. <laughs> um, well, there's been a couple teams that have lost now. Really? This year team lost. Oh, uh, I was a thinking. Of I was thinking lost the medal, but no, you're right. Yeah, they lost. It just, they just still won gold. One team got like fucking third. And then <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So it's two? Yes, two players with at least 30 USA victories without a loss. Okay. 92, 96. Really just got to think about players that played with USA a lot. All right. I got some. All right. I got got some guesses anyway. I don't feel good about it. Uh, I mean, it's at least a limited pool of players. I mean, it's only great players that play on Team USA usually. Okay. All right. I put MJ and Vince Carter. Okay. I put Kid and Kobe. Okay. I said KD and Kobe. Okay. I said Kobe and Pippen. All right. Alex got one and Drew got one. Is MJ and Kid? Oh. Hmm. Well, I knew Durant had lost. I said Durant lost this year, Dad. Remember? Yeah. Oh, that's Because he was right. the one carrying the team. If it wasn't for him, we probably wouldn't even got a medal. Oh, I agree. He carried that entire. Which That's is true. utterly fucking ridiculous. We made a team of superstars, <laughs> and we can't because go out and dominate. Yeah, no the big superstars guys. couldn't play overseas rules because uh, it's physical. Yeah. And it's Durant, big guys. Durant was the only one like Rudy only Gobert one was dropping like 20 on us every game. So France, Rudy Gobert was dominating us. Rudy Gobert killed us. Because yeah, our center was Draymond. That was Draymond and then Bam, Draymond. but Bam always got in foul trouble. Yeah, Draymond played center the majority of the time that I watched. And but that's what should happen when a seven footer plays somebody that's six seven. That's exactly what's supposed right. to happen. But it was stupid on our part for not bringing a legit seven footer. 
Even yes. Bam's not seven foot. Right. No. Like, There's every year you should bring. You like, can't grab DeAndre Ayton. Just tell him go. Like he's still really good. Exactly. Right, yeah. It doesn't have good. to be a superstar, yeah. just a big man role player. Like, for years, they used to bring Tyson Chandler, even though he wasn't that yep. good, just oh, because yeah. they needed a guy to guard big men. Yeah, he was yeah. at least one of the best defenders in the league. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, so who would like to go next? All right, you or me, Ray? I'll go ahead and do it. All right. Let's see. All right. I don't know if I've asked this one yet or not, but I'm going to ask it again. Who were the three former <laughs> Provisio East high school teammates selected in the 95 draft? You know one of them. The other two I don't know. Okay. Very odd question, I know. But I'll repeat it. Who were the three former Provisio East high school teammates selected in the 95 draft? You know one of them, so if you get that one, I'll give it to you. All right, I guess three. Okay. I don't know. I can't remember his name. I'm sure I don't want to get it. Oh. Uh, I just want to no, I need a whole name. I can't just guess three last names. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> well, if Alex is going to do it, then I'm going to write down three. Hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you can write three down. I'll take That's all I did. I just wrote down last name. Look at that. We're going to pull an Alex. But if you get one, I'll give it to you. Two of the most common last names on this podcast. No, in the world, bro. Oh, I got three super famous names. I'm going to not even waste it again. Everybody ready? And just for the memes, it's going to be the last one. All right. Well, I got Johnson, Jones, and Smith. I got Johnson, Williams, and Smith. <laughs> I got Smith, Johnson, and Oyster Tag. <laughs> Ooh. Nope. Okay, so Cheryl Ford, Donnie Boyce, and then one you should know, Michael Finley. Oh, oh that's mm. not who I was thinking. Mm. Well, no points there. Nope. So is that me? No, it's me. Oh, okay. All right, guys. We're going draft again. Oh, draft. Hey, Doug. 1985. Oh, sorry. 1985 draft. <laughs> of course, we all know about the chilled envelope and Patrick Ewing. Yep, yep, yep. And near and dear to Ray's heart, number nine was Charles Oakley. Woo. Number 13 was Carl Malone, who we discussed tonight. But in the third round, oh, a gentleman oh, crap. from Quincy, Illinois was drafted. No. Who is it? Uh, I was hoping you were going to say number seven because I did my research this w- in between episodes. Uh, this is too early for some of the guys, I would think. I don't know. This might sound too. Uh, what? All right. Uh, I, got a, I got a name written down. I don't know. Wow, this is a rough one. kind of cool, though. I'm just writing it. Uh, the only person I know that's been drafted to the NBA. Okay. Ready. Ready. You got Douglas, Jack Schrader, Johnson, N.A. Michael Payne. It was Payne. Douglas God. was drafted in the third round in '86. Damn it! Right. So Quincy had guys drafted in the third round of the NBA draft two years in a row. Wow! So when I was looking at the draft, I saw um, the other kid that went to Iowa with Payne. 
uh, Stokes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, that's Michael Payne's year. I'm like, oh, got to ask him that. Man, what ridiculous! All right, I'm gonna ask. <laughs> this is gonna be a big one, guys. Right. But I don't think it's that hard. It's just big. Okay. Currently in the NBA, there are 13 players averaging double-digit rebounds. 13. Can you? I'm gonna. It's a little less than half. But can you name six of them? <sighs> My phone keeps blowing up about Vladimir Putin announcing something, so I don't know if it's good or bad. But Well, it said he's moving something about troops in the eastern Ukraine, and he's got some plan. So he's moving troops actually into the country? Maybe. Now. I don't know. He's doing something in eastern Ukraine and troops. I haven't read it all the mm-hmm. way. And my phone mm-hmm. just blew up about baseball. If they don't get something signed by February 28th, games will be canceled, and they will not be rescheduled. Yeah. If they don't get something signed by the 28th. All right, I got to get back to I have some players in mind, but they've missed a little bit of time. I'm trying to think if they qualify. Not a lot of great air time, but we got to think yeah. for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <coughs> oh, mm. Let's think here. That's too many. That's too many. That's more than six. <laughs> you can only guess six? Yeah. Dang it. I was going to guess 13. <laughs> 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 then never mind. I feel much better about my thing. <laughs> I don't have to be. Okay. Oh, can't think of who's played how many games. I'm not going to lie. A couple of these names surprised me. Wade's looking at his list. <laughs> I can't think of fucking teams. I always struggle with this. Uh, well, I've got some. I think Shit. that should. If they don't, I'll be. All right. I got six guesses. Yeah, I got six guesses. All right. Is that everybody then? Uh. <laughs> uh yeah. Oh, I got a five. We'll put on a six name, Ray. Okay. <laughs> got it. All right. What's everybody got? I got Clint Capella, Jokic, Embiid, Gobert, Vuzlovic, <gasps> and the Greek Freak. Okay. You got, you said Capella? Yes. Jokic? Mm-hmm. Embiid? Yep. Gobert. Yeah. Vucevic, is that what that says? Yeah. That's an interesting spelling, by the way. No, 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 but yeah. Yeah, and Greek Freak. Those are all six correct. Yes. Wow. Oh, Drew. Willard? <coughs> Get some out of time. Um, all right. Oh, did I, were you not done? No, I was just trying to think of more teams, but. I apologize. Good. It's all right, I can go. Greek Freak. Yep. Embiid. Yep. Sabonis. Yep. Aiton. No. Fuck. Uh, I got Embiid. Yep. Jokic. Yep. Green. No green. No. All right. Well, I'm done. Ray. I had Sabonis. Yep. Gobert. Yep. Jokic. Yep. And then I put Antibio. 
Randall. You mean Antetokounmpo? Oh, uh, Adebayo. Okay, Adebayo. Gotcha. And no. then I had Julius Randall. Randall and then, is it. And then I put myself because. Yeah. Well, you Rand- didn't. You didn't, but neither did Bam Adebayo. So yeah, I know. don't feel too bad. Here are the My 13. Gobert, Jokic, Capella, Sabonis, Vucevic, Valenzuelas, Antetokounmpo, Embiid, Nurkic, Allen, Randall, Wendell Carter, and uh, what is his first name? Wood from Houston. Oh. This is horse shit. Aiden's averaging 10 boards a game. <laughs> <laughs> he only played 37 games. Though. Mm. By the way, Luka Doncic is averaging 9.2. Not really shocking, to be honest. That's what Luka does. He's averaging 27, 9, and 9. <laughs> wow. That's pretty nice. But who else is on that team? <laughs> Nobody now. They traded Porzingis. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Drew got a point there. I got to put that on. Go, Drew. Oh, yeah. I caught back up with Alex after he got my question right. So, these scores are as follows after this week's tallies. Ray with 21. Uncle Doug with 44. Drew with 46. Alex with 52. And Wade with 58. And Wade's lead was cut into by one point this week. And we appreciate you tuning in for uh, the this <laughs> episode on Carl Malone, the mailman. And we appreciate you tuning in next week for our episode on Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. And thanks for listening to Sports the Nemo Way. <laughs>